Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 388, Raising Money for Wild Turkey Research, with Daniel Hayes. And I am your co-host, and the guy who has seen two eastern wild turkey gobblers flop within the past week and i'm your co-host and the guy who is sick of wind and rain this turkey season my gosh man is it ever it's finally gonna stop i think after this latest tornado i don't know this is the thing is you can't trust the dang weather forecast no not at all and there was a morning it was supposed to rain and be windy and i was like you know i'm gonna get up anyway beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. it was one of the better mornings i've had and then there's been ones where it's supposed to be pretty and you get up and walk outside and your hat blows off right into the doorway you know <laughs> yeah i mean I monday swear. it was not supposed to rain yep. and i got up we went hunting birds hammering on the roost and before he ever flies down it starts raining and it rained solid for two hours wow actually longer than that it rained solid for two hours while I sat in it because it's not supposed to rain. It's going to stop soon. Yeah. So six hours later, it stopped. Weather's been brutal, brutal this year. I mean, yeah. I've talked to people that have hunted and I where I've hunted and, you know, from north to south, east to west, everybody saying that this year the turkeys are way behind you know mm-hmm. they're they're way behind i have to believe a lot of that's got to do with this weather and so it finally it's warm and wet here and i've noticed that i mean just in the past two days the trees have put on some leaves finally yeah i mean i'm talking noticeable difference in two days so yeah. it finally is going to get to where i'm not getting running turkeys off at 600 yards through the woods you know? <laughs> i don't recall it ever being the middle of april 
and being able to see in hardwoods like you can see now. I know, man. It's crazy. I mean, it it really is. So it, yeah. it's been a tough one this year. I mean, I'm I, now I've I've had a great season so far. I will have no complaints. Sure. I'm just saying it. It's all you know. You just never know what the season's going to bring, and this one's been really interesting weather and and early to late wise. Yeah. So it it's been. It's definitely brought its own set of challenges for 2022, but I will say the on the good news front, the Jake reports I'm hearing countrywide are incredible. I saw quite a few Jakes this past week in oh my a gosh. neighboring state, and it's encouraging. Man, I've seen it with my own eyes in several states now. I've confirmed through others. The Jakes are real, man. They've made it. They're everywhere. Home state people are absolutely roasting them, you know, so that's great. <laughs> but <laughs> we've already killed more Jakes in 10 days than we killed the whole season last year. Beautiful. So, one, it's like this manna from heaven came down and everybody's just chunking it right now. You know, who cares? But whatever. I, there still will be a lot, a lot of good carryover, as many as I'm seeing. So the i'm just so excited if we can string together two hatches like we had last year we're we're gonna be back i mean really we're gonna be we're gonna be okay it's been nothing but bad news for like a decade and finally it seems i see a glimmer of hope yeah well we're gonna talk a little bit more about maybe that glimmer of hope turning into a pilot light yes well we got another another company that has decided to step up to the plate and, and do something, you know, and Mossy Oak is just, to me, they've always been a, a company for the turkey hunter and the turkey. I mean, without mm-hmm. a doubt. I mean, yeah. I've never had a doubt. And so I'm, I'm thrilled that we got Daniel Hayes on this week to tell us about their new venture that is going to raise and has already raised a lot of money for the wild turkey. Yeah, it's good stuff. So... I'm going to do this little depressing countdown, and then we're just going to get into it. How about that? Yeah, yeah. You asked me before the show, you know, before we got on, or you said, you got your countdown? I said, man, I don't count that. It makes me sad. (laughs) It will do it. It's going to make me sad to tell you that we are 24 days, 23 hours, 30 minutes, and 8 seconds away from the end of wild turkey season in Alabama for 2022. All right, let's just move on from that, man. We we can't dwell on that. That you got you, you still got time. Make the most of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, we do have a great interview with Daniel Hayes. We're going to talk about the Mossy Oak Wild Turkey Conservation Stamp. Mm. And Love it. you know, you and I can talk about this or we can just cue this interview up and get it on. Let's get it. Let's talk to Daniel. See you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, Cameron and I are excited to tell you we have on the phone with us today Daniel Hayes with Mossy Oak and I'm excited to have Daniel on the show with us. We're going to talk about something very cool that Mossy Oak has started doing and man, I'm fired up about it. You know, it's something that Cameron and I have harped on a little bit about some of these southern states. A lot. (laughs) Okay, maybe it's a lot. Maybe it's a lot, but you know, because, and Daniel, I know you can appreciate this, but because Cameron and I travel a good bit to turkey hunt, we see what a lot of these other states are doing as far as licensing, tags, permits, stamps, et cetera, et cetera, all different ways to raise money to go back into, whether it's conservation of all species or conservation and habitat management of wild turkey specifically. And, you know, a lot of these other states don't have something where, like a turkey tag or a stamp, where that money is earmarked specifically for wild turkeys. And you guys at Mossy Oak said, hey, the states don't have to do it. We can do it. And so we've got you on today to share more information with this program, with all of the listeners and with us. And I'm sure Cameron and I are going to have about... I don't know, 
80 or 90 questions for you each. So thank you, sir. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come on the show and discuss this very interesting and very important topic with us. So how are you today? I'm great. Yeah, thank you all for having me on. Yeah, maybe maybe if we have time, we can talk a little turkey hunting and, and old school mossy oak stories and maybe a little pawpaw turkey hunting. Season oh, yeah. As well. uh, yeah, first and foremost, thank you all for having me on to talk about the stamps specifically because it's one of the most exciting projects that I've been a part of since I, you know, I've been technically a part of Mossy Oak since I was born, but since I've been here in an official work capacity and started to get older, this is one of the most exciting projects that we've had going on. Yeah. So how did this, how did the idea come about? It actually, so we're, we're always tossing around different ideas of ways we can help the different critters and wildlife that we hunt and motivate everybody or give somebody a, a way to uh, improve their piece of dirt. You know, anybody who's followed Mossy Oak for a long time, probably well-versed in everything we do through gamekeepers, just all about empowering people to make their, you know, leave their piece of dirt better than they found it. Essentially, something that's run down from Pop all through Dad and been instilled in, in every aspect of Mossy Oak since it was first started. The stamp, so we're always throwing different ideas around, and, you know, as clearly y'all know, but between y'all and, and Dave Owens and some of the other people out there, the, the topic of uh, wild turkey conservation stamps, has been kind of thrown around as to, you know, why more states don't do it. And it was just, I someday in December or something, Jason Worley, the old pro turkey hunter on Instagram, if anybody listening doesn't follow him, he should. He's got the best Instagram story of, of anybody in the turkey world. But he was he was on a rant talking about why more states don't uh, do wild turkey stamps. And then he said, he and I talked occasionally, and he, and he said uh, something about why does it just have to be a state? Why can't um, some other group of people that are really passionate about turkeys uh put out their own stamp and it was just like a light bulb. We were like, duh, you know, we multi egg, we consider yeah. uh, we consider ourselves as, as much of a turkey brand as, as any company in the country. I mean, multi egg literally started because dad was obsessed with turkeys and wanted to figure out a way to hide from them better. We always we always throw out the old uh Tommy Boy quote of the, you know, by the working man for the working man and you know, multi egg was started by the turkey man for the turkey man. So it was kinda of like a light bulb moment. We were like, duh you know Mossy Oak should put out our own turkey stamp. And uh, so we, we kind of started going down the, the road of figuring out how to how to make it work. And it was just amazing how uh, simple the process was. And as we started figuring out logistically and uh, all those things that go into it, you know, they're really important things of if people are, because nobody, you don't, you don't go out of your way to buy a turkey stamp if, uh, if you don't have to, unless you really care about turkeys. So we, it's not like we're making this thing thinking that some casual turkey owners are going to be buying it. We know that everybody who buys it, is a really passionate and hardcore turkey hunter that whether it's $15 or some of these people that have bought batches of 20 stamps, given even more money, you know, these, these are hardcore turkey hunters trusting us with their money. So the most important thing for us is, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully everybody gets excited about it and thinks it's cool. But once we have this money, we've got to be, you know, every cent of the $15 per stamp is going towards our wild turkey fund. And we've got to make sure that we're really transparent uh, with, with how we spend the money and make sure that we're supporting projects that people are proud of. Because, uh, you know, another, not just the stamp itself, whenever we first had the idea, the other kind of a dynamic that exists in the, you know, really all types of hunting, but especially turkeys, because I feel like turkey research is more transparent than a lot of other hunting pursuits just because of people like uh, Dr. Lashley and, and Mike Chamberlain and all them. But it's not like there's a good GoFundMe page or a Venmo account set up for all these projects. So if a hunter sees something really cool going on and they won't support it, there's not really an easy way uh, to do it. You just have to hope that the money that you gave to your state uh, when you bought your hunting licenses or the money that you donated to NWTF or whoever uh, goes toward a, a good place. So that's the kind of the other dynamic of this is there's not an easy way for a hunter to just say, okay, no strings attached. I just want to get 15 bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever, and know that it is going with no overhead or no, you know, nobody's salary is getting paid for this. It's just going directly toward supporting a really good turkey project. Uh, and that's exactly what we're kind of trying to allow people to do. So now, yes, yeah, so we, if, you, if you read uh, anything that we wrote when we released the stamp, you, you know that we've got a kind of an advisory board of, of people making sure that there's names that people trust. And it's not just because there's been other people that just like to be, you know, cynical, saying that we're just going to spend money in Mississippi to help our turkeys or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, we've got Dr. Chamberlain and Dr. Lashley involved to make sure that uh, that we're benefiting you know, the projects and the people that need the money the most. Uh, and the other thing about that, just, you know, with, with a lot of turkey research, uh, it's just like St. Jude Children's Hospital. They, you know, they're the, the world leaders in cancer research, and they it's completely open source. They don't profit off of any of it. They, if, if you're uh, a hospital in freaking South America, you can use and learn 
any of the research findings that St. Jude's put out. And that's kind of what a lot of the Turkey world is. You know what? We've had, I see people that say, okay, well, there's a good study going on in Georgia, but what good does that do me in Wisconsin? But uh, a lot of these studies, you know, all, all 49 states with a homo population of turkeys are benefiting from the research that uh, whether it doesn't matter if it originates in Georgia or uh, Missouri or Mississippi, uh, a lot of these projects going on benefit every every state that is uh, has a turkey population with some unanswered questions that they're trying to find the answers to. And maybe every state doesn't have the resources to do that. So, yeah, that's a lot of long-winded description at first. But, yeah, I think that that is a really good dynamic in the turkey world is that we've got a lot of people doing really important research, but it doesn't just benefit the state's turkeys where the research is happening. It benefits uh, all sorts of state populations and, and, you know, really big turkey on states all over the country. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the research will be, I, mean, I assume, you know, if it's eastern wild turkeys, it can be used for almost all eastern wild turkeys and probably even portions of it for other types of turkeys. But I love the idea of a board that kind of decides on the studies. How many members will the completed board entail? Really, from, from an outside perspective, it's just Chamberlain and, and Marcus Lashley. And then kind of anecdotally, you know, even though this money is not going to the NWTF, they still have, you know, we've got, we've been partners with them forever and we've got, you know, they, they have, there's nobody in the country that has a better grasp on where the most important research is going on and who needs money and all those sorts of things. So, you know, we'll certainly listen to, to their advice or as, of some of the biologists that, that they have that are really well informed. But for the most part, it'll be made up of people like dad and some of the gamekeeper crew, Bobby Cole, David Hawley and guys like that, that, really, really care about wild turkeys. And then from an outside perspective, the, you know, by far and away, well beyond the opinions of, of anyone in our family or at Multi Oak, we're going to be trusting uh, Dr. Chamberlain and Dr. Lashley. And, you know, we didn't want too many people from the outside because we don't want people butting heads or arguing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Mike are friends. And they're both really great friends of, of Multi Oak and uh, gamekeepers. Um, so, yeah, we, we feel like with the two of them that, that you know, not only can we trust them, uh, the general public, trust them and that's the most important thing we don't want anybody to think that their money is not being used in the best possible way and in, in the least biased way as possible and i think everyone you know we trust marcus and mike and i think the general turkey hunting population trusts marcus and mike yeah well there's no doubt mike has his finger on the pulse of the research that's being done around the country for wild turkeys and so you know that's and and now i'm not at all downplaying what other biologists do because they all do have their finger on the pulse they all know what's going on in other areas you know with other research projects and that kind of stuff but you know i think mike has kind of become at least on social media the spokesperson or i guess in some cases unfortunately the whipping boy for research and and all things wild turkey you know and so you've got two good ones on there you know to to be leading the discussion of where funds are needed and so i think that's a fantastic start yeah and you know it's not just uh it's not exclusive to wildlife biologists but there's a lot of uh more than a lot of people out there that have a doctorate in some field and they kind of get off on talking above the average person's head in ways and terms that that the average joe can't understand uh whether it's an ego thing or whatever i think the coolest thing of that and it's not just them like you said but that they've kind of um, really been the leaders of in the of, you know field of wildlife biology is um, they they're brilliant and they could certainly if they wanted to have a social media account that was only dedicated to talking in ways that you had to have a doctorate to understand they could do that but they do a better job than uh, you know now and there's others that do it that have followed their lead but Dr. Chamberlain especially with his platform being so big what they've done such a good job of is translating complicated research into terms that any turkey hunter can understand. And that's, that's really where, you know, what I love the most about what they've done and the gather on social media, because that's not, it seems like something that would not be a big deal, but anybody who's come into contact with a college professor with a doctor in front of his name or any, you know, really particularly arrogant biologist that thinks he's the smartest person in the state, what, what they do and how, how they translate it into terms that, that any of us turkey can understand is a big deal. And I think that as one of the coolest things about the, the platform that they've gained and why, and it's why one major reason why a lot of people trust them because they know that they're not just trying to show off how smart they are. They're, they're literally, you know, they're turkey hunters themselves. They're trying to help out other turkey hunters. Yeah, no doubt. So before I ask you to kind of walk us through the process to date, or at least, you know, to a 
fairly recent date. How much has a stamp raised? Uh, so before uh, this week started, I don't have an updated count now. Um, before this week started, we had raised over $30,000. Um, wow. Incredibly exciting because that's all just purely organic, nothing but turkey hunters telling their buddies to buy a stamp and go and buy one themselves. So that's been really, really great. And hopefully, to re- I mean, we're going we're gonna to sell them until turkey season ends. So hopefully between you guys and, and whoever else helps spread the word, Outdoor Life wrote a great article about it. And, you know, hopefully people listening out there, whoever that haven't heard about it yet, will be motivated to go buy one, two, three, whatever it is. I've seen some people, Jason Worley and a few others, sharing things about how they're going to. Jason, at first Jason said, uh, I was talking to him yesterday, he put someone on social media about uh, buying a stamp for, at the end of the year for however many turkeys uh, that he killed. And then he said, no, I think a better idea is buying a, tur- buying a stamp for every turkey that whoops my butt this year. So. <laughs> Now his strategy is however many turkeys he gets pulled by this year. That's how many stamps he's going to buy. Um, how so many yeah. stamps can you print? Because I'm going to need a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. If everybody adopts that, then uh, then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of money raised for for turkey research. Because I'm getting whooped this year by these easterns. I got to tell you, but that's I like both those ideas. I gotta. I know I have one should be arriving in the mail. I've, I've noticed on social media that people are getting that first round in the mail right now. So I got one that should be arriving soon, and I plan to purchase more. But yeah, if, if anybody's listening who bought one and didn't get it in a timely manner, uh, I'm, I am very sorry. We were overwhelmed with the amount of people that bought a stamp within the first 24 hours, and uh, you can already imagine that without the stamp. Have. The, you know, yeah, the beginning of April is, you know, just because of the convergence of some of our core southeastern states opening up and, and everybody else's state being either opening or on the verge of opening. The beginning of April is just mayhem for Mossy Oak with the just normal turkey products that we have to fulfill. So throw the uh, enthusiasm for this stamp in there, and it was uh, pretty hectic in our warehouse. So we were a little – went into the best job of getting everything out the door in a timely manner, but we're getting the <laughs> – I could have fretted about that all turkey season to the point that we decided that we wouldn't do the stamp at all, but we decided to do it, and hopefully everybody would be patient with us, and, and we would get the kinks work out, and if, if everyone was enthusiastic enough, it would be something that we get to do every spring, and I think absolutely seeing the reaction, how fired up everybody got, and you know, the us being able to spend it and be fully transparent with where all the money's going and show everybody on the back end uh, you know, in the next few months or over the course of the next year depending on what we support, being able to show everybody photos or articles or whatever of where their money went, um, I think that'll that'll certainly cement us as something that we're going to do every spring. And that's the other thing about not only making sure the money goes to a good spot, but, you know, we want to have talented photographer or writer along for some of these research projects so that the people who gave us and trusted us with their money can can see and, and read about exactly what projects they're going to support so that when next year rolls around, everybody knows that this is, you know, there's no strings attached here. We're just trying as hard as possible to, to give people who care about wild turkeys uh, a place that they know they can trust to give their money to and then, you know, see where it went. Well, with you being a marketing guy, you can you can appreciate what I'm about to say. And I have a feeling that I know two podcasters who would be happy to come and observe and do a show on where this money went if that invitation is extended. So just kind of put that in your back pocket. I'm just just throwing that out there. Yeah, I know. Absolutely, 100% would, uh, would love that. Because like I said, we want, we want everybody to know uh, what we're supporting. And, and you guys have a, you know, y'all got a great community of, through, of turkey hunters that, that you've built up through this podcast and everybody listening out there. So, yeah, we would we would definitely love that. And that one, one other thing I forgot to mention about the stamp, but one of the things that I was excited about on the front end that I think is, you know, one of the things that I hoped, but now I think is actually going to happen just because of the way the some of the reaction that I saw on social media. But it wasn't just the amount of money that we're able to raise ourselves because, you know, that is it is what it is, whether we whether no one else bought the stamp after this afternoon and we, you know, only raise thirty thousand dollars or if people keep buying them all turkey season and uh, spread the word and tell their buddies and all that. And we raise, you know, double, triple what we've already raised. I think the big impact that I was really hoping for for the turkeys that would exist outside of you know, Mossy wouldn't get any, uh, the, the company wouldn't get any benefit from this, but we're just doing this for the turkeys. And I was really hoping that a lot of states that have been procrastinating, because you've seen states talking about reintroducing their stamp program, but most states have procrastinated the launch of that. And what I was really hoping for was that if the reaction to this was as enthusiastic as we hoped and it, and it was, was that immediately after that, you would see a bunch of people 
saying, okay, well, you know, it's kind of like, well, if Mossier did it, we don't really have an excuse not to do it anymore. And I know I yeah. saw some, you know, we were keeping up with everybody was sharing it in their Instagram stories and all that. And I saw more than a few people who were tagging their state game agencies saying, all right, well, you know, Mossier did it and, and people love it. So we don't have an excuse not to do it anymore, regardless of what state it is. So that's, that's where it really multiplies because then you start talking about, you know, this being limited to just the money Mossier grades to, if this has a kind of snowball effect of a bunch of states getting off their butts. Because I know Mississippi was one version of reintroducing ours anyway, but there's a lot of states that probably might have dragged their feet for another five, six, seven years. And I think you're going to see a lot of states come out and reintroduce their stance. Because, you know, back in the heyday, it's not like this is anything new. We're just trying to reinvigorate a, one of the hunting world's strongest traditions that didn't really exist anymore. You know, it's never gone anywhere in the duck world because it's a, a legal requirement to hunt ducks. But right. uh, back in the heyday of, you know, the NWTF and the founding in the early 70s and you know the 80s and 90s and the nwtf had their stamp and then a bunch of states you know countless number of states had their stamp programs that they did every year and then they just kind of went away there's nobody ever really gave me a real a good reason when i would ask why they didn't do it anymore it just kind of they stopped doing it and uh and that was that but yeah i think that if, if you see a lot of states adopt their their readopt their stamp programs because of this and it'll uh it'll multiply into you know having millions of dollars of positive effect for turkeys yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's huge. To me, what's so attractive about it is I know that every dime of the $15 is going to turkeys and turkey research. And so, you know, like, and this isn't to slight anyone, but if you donated that $15 to a different organization and you just gave it outright to them, you know, $5 may go to hunter recruitment, $5 may go to help deer, and $5 may go to turkeys. This, I know... I mean, I'm I'm 100% turkeys year round, you know, so I, and I know they're the ones really struggling right now. So I love that I know every dime is going to help turkeys. Is there? Can you? One question I was wondering: Can y'all match these with Pittman Robertson dollars, or could a state agency that you donate it to? You know, that hasn't even I thought I've thought through just about everything, but that hasn't even crossed my mind yet. So that's a phenomenal question. Mm. And I, yeah, I would love to find that out. I mean, any any way that we can leverage this to to raise more money is, of course, a great thing for turkeys. And that's a that's a really good uh, question. Yeah, that would be. If, I mean, I don't know if a private company like Mossy Oak could do it, but I wonder if once you if you could partner with like a state agency, fund the money to them, then they could apply for the match, and you could turn twenty five grand into what is it like a seventy five or a hundred thousand? Don't they get three for one? Yeah. Three or four to one. Yeah, I don't know if it's possible, but that would that would really amplify the impact. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That would be awesome. As soon as this uh, ends, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing. I know. I just I can't believe like with Arkansas did it and is six figures on a voluntary stamp, and I, I just can't believe these other states aren't following suit. But I, I think I think you're right. I think Mossy Oak might have just kicked them in in the gear and, and get them going i sure hope so yeah well i mean that's that, that's that's what should be the flashing neon sign is you know everybody who bought this stamp from multi oak it's not like anybody's on multi.com checking out buying a hunt license and you, you you ask them if they want to buy a stamp and they add it to their cart you know all this money that we just raised in the past week or two was people who went out of their way to go buy this stamp and the stamp alone you know the arkansas turkey stamp they've got a captive audience of people who are already you know their hunters checking out buying a license and you ask them if they want to buy a turkey stamp and they buy it so you know if you've got a hundred thousand yeah. hunters in state of arkansas or whatever it is that you show that to you would hope that a lot of them buy it and they do that's why i didn't really have any expectation of how many we would sell because of that like we don't, we don't have any we're not showing this to people who are already online buying a hunt license and hoping that we get 10% of them. Everybody that bought this had to go out of their way. But but that's, to your point, the reason I said that is that Arkansas has been so successful. Any other state, I mean, if you're a turkey hunter in a state where you, not just in a state where you have to really care about your turkey population, even if you're somewhere out west where the population thrives, if you care above and beyond about turkeys and you're checking out to buy a hunting license and somebody asks if you buy a turkey stand, I mean, you would think that most of the people that we know that hunt, say yes. So, oh, yeah. That should be the motivation more than anything for these state agencies. If all these people were willing to go out of their way to, you know, destination purchase this thing from Mossy Oak, uh, it should be a no-brainer that if somebody's checking out on their website buying a hunt license, if they're a, a hardcore turkey person, they're probably going to uh, put a little money or buy whatever stamp you're selling them. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I, 
I have an Arkansas stamp sitting in my house right now, and I won't step foot in Arkansas to turkey hunt this year. You know, yeah, so, I kind of Arkansas in, in November, and I bought a turkey stamp, and I thought it was cool as heck, and I knew that I would never be again in uh, Arkansas this spring. So, tell us a little bit about the actual stamp. Yeah, so the artwork that was the daunting thing that was really going to make my head spin because I love uh, I love old turkey art, not just old turkey art. I love new turkey art too, but I love all all things wild turkey when it comes. I know Cameron's very passionate about it too, but uh, yeah. when you start flipping these old books and magazines and looking at the sketches. Uh, in the pages of them, uh, I mean, it's, it's endless. There's so much you can go through, and it's, it's it's so cool. Not even just the artwork for artwork's sake, but all these old turkey advertisements from call makers and the early days of Mossy Oak and all that kind of stuff. There's just so much. I mean, there's an endless supply of really cool uh, wild turkey art. So if we had to pick something out of thin air for this first stamp, with it being the inaugural one, uh, it was going to be really, really daunting, and I was, I'm already uh, indecisive when I have too many things that I care about in front of me. So I would, have, uh, I would have gone crazy trying to pick out what artwork we wanted to use. But I know this painting called a multi moment was just perfect. It's been hanging above the mantle at our camp, Shamula, for years. It hangs in Dad's office. Uh, it was commissioned in 1996. A guy named Dan Morton painted it. And it's a father and a son sitting up against a tree with two long boots strutting in front of them. And it's, it's absolutely beautiful painting. And it just, I mean, it, it's just perfect. You couldn't have a, a better uh, painting to go on this first stamp. But even though we commissioned it back then, we didn't technically own the rights to it. And Dan, uh, whenever we started going through the steps of, of making the stamp, we didn't have permission to print that, to use that artwork. And even and even though we, we didn't think that he would not want us to, uh, we still technically needed permission. And uh, I'd never met Dan before, so we had to go through uh, trying to track him down. I was asking everybody left and right within Mossy Oak that was around in the 90s if they knew him. And he doesn't have a website, doesn't have social media. He does now after, you know, after all this happened. But uh, at the time, there was no easy way for us to track him down. He's a tile contractor. He used to live out west, and he does work in Arkansas. I mean, he's just all over. And after a week, we hit a dead end, and I was really discouraged. I was like, man, what the heck? Even even guys that were around that, that knew him back then that actually bought print, prints of the painting from him couldn't find him. So I was like, well, you know, back to square one, I was asking Jason Worley and Brent Rogers and, and some of those guys, well, you know, what, what, what we should do if there's a really cool – painting from history, maybe something painted in 1986 when Mossy was founded that we could use. And then uh, this won't be surprising to Cameron, but because he knows Brent, but anybody that doesn't <laughs> know Brent Rogers, if there is a piece of turkey memorabilia out there that you can't find, he is the man for the job. He's like freaking James Bond. He could track it to Sherlock oh. Holmes. He could track it anywhere. So without even asking him to, I was telling him this and I was just kind of, I wanted his insight on what we should use for the painting because it would be, it's, uh, it was so important to us to, to use something that was good. That was also painted by somebody that wasn't, you know, an a-hole or something. So all those things into consideration, we're trying to figure out what we want to use. And then a week later, Brent calls me and he's like, Hey, track down Dan. He had one copy of the painting left that he's going to send me that I'm going to put up on my, uh, in my, in my turkey room. And he's about to call you to talk about the stamp. And like I said, Cameron won't be surprised at that because Brent could track down literally anything. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you send Brent Rogers a picture of the bottom left corner of an old box call and that's it he'll he'll figure out who made it what year you know he'll know everything about it yeah anyway so dan dan called me and, and the rest was was easy after that we we got permission and and dan was very excited about it and uh yeah so that was the the, the years coming up we're gonna have a work cut out for us because you know we could do anything from commissioning one painting ourselves a year or with the enthusiasm that we've seen and the talented wildlife artists out there if we wanted to use it as an opportunity to do our own sort of uh contest and take that opportunity to feature some of the talented you know and a lot of people think oh. about turkeys and they just think about ryan kirby or somebody that uh ryan's a great friend of ours and he is insanely talented and he deserves all the stuff that he's had but there's a lot of turkey artists out there that nobody's ever heard of and so it logistically if we can make it work i think it would be amazing to to do multi own little contest for a, like we do for the not we like the country does for the migratory bird stamp Right. Uh, and use that platform to kind of spotlight some of these turkey artists out there that are that are really talented that maybe nobody's ever heard of. And I don't really know exactly how we would go about that, but I know that it would be very cool if we could uh, pull it off. Yeah, that's a really neat idea. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. The stamp is really good looking. And I bought, so when Cameron and I were talking about this last week, he made mention of, you know, some people are buying a stamp for every turkey that they kill. And I said, you know, I, I, I I'll do that. That's pretty cool. And so I'm paying it forward. I just bought two and I've only killed one bird to date. 
this season. There so you go. confident. Paying it forward. <laughs> paying it forward. So the turkey gods, if you're listening, just know I don't expect anything, but I paid it forward. So yeah, Papa, I, I, I couldn't. Projects like this are the only way I can try to pay it forward in the way that my family has because I've, I've got my, I've had my work cut out for me because Papa. Some people know this story, some don't, but my granddad reintroduced the turkey population in in Clay County where Mossy Oak and uh, where West Point is. Uh, himself about 50 years ago so all the turkeys that we hunt here at home uh, are all uh, all came from Papa. Uh so I I don't know if I could ever pay, pay it forward in the in the manner that he did but uh yeah we've turkey runs through through our blood so uh we, we try to do whatever we can yeah no doubt has he has your papa been able to turkey hunt this season we've we've been one time so uh April is usually when you know this weather has been outrageous anybody uh yeah, that's lives in the southeast of scene we've had multiple storm systems move through move through with uh, multiple tornado warnings and there's another one yeah. uh, I, that's about through that we're about to have some more tornado warnings so it's been it's been crazy and and for papa the two things that have to work in his favor are one he has to wake up feeling good because he's not in best health he's he's 91 getting close to 92 so he, he doesn't feel good enough to get outside every day uh and the other is if it's less than 50 degrees, it might as well be 15 degrees because he gets just cold as hell. So we got to have a warm day, and we've been we've got to have him feeling good. So he's been one time so far, and we got really, really, really close. There's this one tree that he killed a turkey on a few years ago that some turkeys roost really close to the gate. You can hear them gobbling from the truck, and uh, there's a tree that we can set up on that that we can because with football he can't move real real easily anymore. So we kind of got me and my brother on each elbow, and my dad there with us, and you got to be able to get a golf cart almost up to the tree you're going to sit on. So we can't, we can't, hit, we can't strike a turkey and go after it. We got to know before beforehand that we've, we've got a tree we can get to and get set up on. So uh, we've got this spot where, I mean, Dad literally he went in and mowed a route to the tree so that on the morning we were hunting we could get a golf cart in there as quietly as possible. And uh, we got in there and the turkeys were just hammering and they flew down and uh, two longbeards walked just at the edge of gun range and, and wouldn't come in and uh that was that it was a quick hunt he was it was only 48 degrees but he was still shivering after that and that's the only time he's been able to get out so i'm, I'm really hoping after this next storm system moves through and we've hopefully got warm weather for the rest of the month that we're able to to get him out there again and hopefully keep his streak alive you know we've, we've had a lot of people following along on social media pulling for him the past few years because they know he's got this streak of 74 turkey seasons in a row that he's hunted and killed a turkey you know when we're this is season 75 and, and everybody always asks about Papa and, and they're cheering for him and everything. But, you know, by the time all of us get older, there's going to be, you know, all kinds of people that you know that have streaks of 70, 80 years that they've killed a turkey and it won't be that uncommon. But for Papa, uh, he killed his first turkey in 1944. And they're just the, one of the most amazing things about him is just that he's lived through uh, the rise and fall. And, you know, he didn't live through the first rise, the fall and then the rise of, wild turkey populations and he was one of the lucky few that grew up in south alabama where he's never had a point in his life where he didn't have a population of turkeys to hunt so that's one of the things that's made it so cool is that he's kind of living in a living embodiment uh of the revival of wild turkeys and in more ways than one since i said he he repopulated turkeys in our neck of the woods himself and he had people riding up and down the highway back then telling you know, they called him Mr. Fox's turkeys. Everybody would see him. And, you know, Mr. Fox, you saw your turkeys out there on the Highway 50. So, yeah, his, his streak is just so cool. And, and a lot of people out there, you know, people see, we could talk for a long time about the the lack of respect people have on social media for wild turkeys these days and the way that people conduct themselves and disrespect the bird and the resource and don't really pay the reverence that it deserves. Uh, you know, Papa spent his whole life caring really, really deeply about wild turkeys and that, you know, Dad started Mossy Oak, but a lot of people look at Papa as kind of like the figurehead for it because he instilled that love of the outdoors with Dad. You know, they've, they've kind of been hand-in-hand hand, uh, through the past 36 years of Mossy Oak, but turkeys have always been a part of our whole family's life. And to, to have Papa kind of out there, a lot of people don't have their granddad still around, and, and they, you know, people cheer for him for a lot of different reasons, whether it's uh, for the general care for the turkeys because they just think it's cool, uh, but there's also a lot of people out there that don't have their granddads around. Uh, I know in our small town here in West Point, there's a lot of people that look at, they call Mr. Fox, they call Papa, everybody's granddad. Uh, and he's that way for a whole lot of people. We've got plenty of friends and, and friends' dads and people that work from Mossy Oak and that just uh, live around town that they kind of look at him as he's everybody's granddad. So 
that's one of the reasons too that everybody loves watching him get out there so much because it's, it's kind of motivating for them. Yeah, that is amazing. I, I sure hope he's able to keep the streak alive. Hopefully the weather will finally turn a little warmer and make it to where he has a shot to get after him. You're right, man. This, this early season has been brutal so far weather-wise for most of the southeast yeah it's just been tough but hopefully uh maybe even eastern we'll see the storm moves through and, and uh i mean he's absolutely dying to get back out there so uh, oh yeah maybe man that's awesome and if it hasn't been rain or extremely cold weather even the days it's been warm the wind's been blowing 20 to 30 miles an hour in the yeah. southeast okay. and you know yeah we wind. all know that's not great turkey things at least for so. Well, at least Popov's not like the rest of us he doesn't use the internet so you know when you start the season on a cold streak and it looks like you get on your phone and everybody uh, and their mom has already killed a turkey, and it adds to your frustration. Papa barely even knows what the internet is. So, uh, him and his little flip phone don't have to get on Instagram and Facebook and see everybody else killing turkeys. So, uh, he he always calls us after we hunt and gets us to tell him stories, and we go by his house and sit in his living room with him and, and, and talk to him. And kind of that anticipation of getting out in the woods is, I mean, I don't even think he'd be alive if, if he wasn't a hunter and didn't have something to look forward to. As much as he cares about hunting, I don't. I, he's had his health been his next closest hunting buddy died when he was 80, and he's almost 92, and his health has been in decline for a decade. And the anticipation of of getting turkey on every spring and in the off season getting to hunt one more time uh, has absolutely, I believe, kept him alive because it is. It's been. I mean, it's just the anticipation of it when he doesn't get to hunt. It's all he thinks about. He just can't wait. He loves being out there with with his family, and he loves being out there just getting to hear a turkey gobble again because he's luckily still got uh is hearing so yeah it's been it's been cool so beyond the stamp does mossy oak have anything else going on for the wild turkey because that your company there i mean that to me there's a lot of outdoor companies who also sell turkey products to me mossy oak's always been the company that is the turkey hunters company that sells other products you know (laughs) to me at least but do do y'all have anything else in the works for wild turkeys or for wild turkey products and innovation, anything like that. I know I saw a partnership with Gunner Kennels. I think you're all doing like a Greenleaf kennel with them. Yeah, we're doing a Greenleaf. You know, that's, they're not necessarily a, a turkey brand, but they they're a great partner of Mossy Oak, and they they make the best dog kennels in the world. So when spring rolls around, even if you're not a not a turkey hunter, I think everybody the old original Mossy Oak patterns they're kind of like the badge of a lot of people who consider themselves. Like you said, there's a lot of people that hunt. There's a lot of companies and there's a lot of people that spring rolls around and they don't have anything else to kill, so they want to go kill a turkey. And those those people don't always represent the turkey hunting community in the in the best way online because they don't necessarily get it. And uh, yeah, yeah, the, the we've got a lot of close friends, Gunner included, that they're they're run by some people who care about turkeys and they love old school mossy oaks. So we've worked with them for years with Bottomland. So we've got a greenleaf kennel coming out there, and yeah, we can barely. It's it's been. I've always loved old school mossy oak, and I think it's always kind of there's always been kind of a grassroots love for bottomland as like the badge of turkey hunters. Even when you couldn't really find a lot of products to buy, and people would find it on eBay or steal it from their dad or granddad's closet. But to to see it come back the way that it has, and now you can find it, you know, with anybody wearing it, that's been the coolest thing for me. Because back in the day, before social media, there wasn't really that much transparency in uh, with hunting brands. You know, I always I, somebody said one time that nonfiction is easier to write than fiction and that kind of translates to how we mossy oak represents ourselves like you said there's a lot of companies out there that don't really care about turkeys or or they just kind of have to fabricate they have to, they go find an agency and figure out what they need to do with their photography and video to make themselves worth and and i think that's that's represented through uh you know how we how much we care and where our our love for turkeys on our sleeves and the gamekeeper side of of our brand and a lot of stuff that people don't even know about you know we have a tree nursery here in town multi native nurseries that sell uh, trees for, for wildlife forage and cover. Uh, a lot more people know about Biologic because that's sold on a, on a broader scale. The tree nursery is not, not as big as Biologic is, but Biologic is selling food plot seed and, and wildlife nutrition for all sorts of critters and wildflower seeds that, that people can plant. Um, we've been publishing GameKeeper. More people know about GameKeeper now because of social media, but we've been publishing GameKeeper magazine for a decade trying to empower, you know, whether you're a landowner or a land leaser, or you're on public land, Gamekeepers has always been dedicated to empowering somebody regardless of the size of the piece of dirt that they hunt on to make it as good, to leave it better than they found it and make it as good as possible for the critters uh, that are on that piece of land. Um, all those things are, are things that I get really fired up about, about Mossy Oak, because they're, I mean, it really is just, it's Pop-Off Dad have instilled the, 
the culture of leaving it better than you found it and, you know, looking after the critters and the dirt. It, it runs through every piece of fabric of Mossy Oak. It's just a piece of, uh, of who we are and all that that stuff we kind of wear on our sleeves. Also, one, one more thing. This, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it yet, so we might have to cut this out because it's just... <laughs> because uh, it's still a secret, but um, we're working on, you know, a lot of people know the Dixon vest, Mossy Oaks turkey vest from 2007 that was made in honor of Bob Dixon after he passed away. Who was oh, one yeah. of his friend and one of uh, the original employees of Mossy Oak back in the day when they were burning up the road, and it was just kind of that OG crew of dad and cuz and, and my Uncle Bill and Papa and Bob Dixon, you know, working with Will Primos, all that kind of heyday of, of the early days of Mossy Oak. Bob was just, I mean, he was the man. Everybody loved him, and everybody who turkey hunted that had anything to do with Mossy Oak, Bob was one of the favorite people on the planet. He was just a, I mean, he was a turkey guy through and through. To see what the, the distant vest has become online, how coveted it is, I mean, I, I think, you know, take uh, guns out of the equation because there are people that pay, you know, any amount of money for, for certain shotguns, I, I think the Dixon vest has probably become the most coveted piece of turkey hunting apparel outside of the call making world and the and the firearms world. If you're just talking about apparel and other turkey gear, I think it's become the most coveted piece of turkey hunting gear out there. To see that people are paying two, three thousand dollars for a Dixon vest online is just, uh, I mean, it blows. It still continues to blow our minds. But every spring the past few years, we always get, you know, y'all should make a Dixon 2.0, bring this vest back, make another Dixon, make another Dixon. And, and dad has always been very hesitant because he's just, you know, no, we made this one vest. It was perfect. It's you know, the reaction, the adoption has been incredible. It means so much to people. We're still really, really close with Bob's family, his son and daughter, Will and Braden and his, and his wife, Faye. And dad's just like, you know, we need to leave it. Let it be. The Dixon is what it is. Become a cult icon in the, in the turkey vest world. And we just don't need to mess with it. And so I've, you know, all my buddies and, and everybody online is, just harasses me about it. And I'm like, you know, whatever. If it doesn't have dad's blessing or Will's, I mean, or Bob's family's blessing, we're not going to do it. And then we kind of had a light bulb go off a couple of years ago when we were hunting. And we were like, well, instead of the Dixon, the, Bob, the Dixon is the only best we've ever made in someone's honor. We need to go ahead and make Papa's best, the Fox best, while he's still around and hunting with us. You know, there's no need to just wait and do that someday in the future and so that was kind of like a, a light bulb moment same as the stamp we we're like oh my gosh yeah that would be incredible and uh so we've been working for the past year and a half on a vest from a papa that's going to be called the fox vest uh and it'll be Ooh. i can't give away ten bullets very many details on it but if everything goes according to plan we'll be able to sell it next turkey season and it will be the second in kind of that heritage line of making a vest not sparing any expense just making uh, a vest as nice as we possibly can that is worthy of bearing Papa's name long into the future when he's gone, and th- and that's worthy of of any turkey hunter out there who decides that they want to buy one and hang on to it. And uh, like I said, I can't give away too many more details yet. And I don't even know if I'm supposed to be talking about uh, that because <laughs> we're just really talking about it. But but yeah, that that by far and away over the course of my life, there won't be many things that that are more exciting than that. So not only is that the most exciting thing we're working on right now. Uh, on top of the stamp that's one of the coolest things i think we'll ever do so yeah well i'm sure our listener will be fired up to hear that and so <laughs> you know <laughs> our one listener that, that, that is seriously awesome that i will definitely be uh, monitoring the status of that going forward because i would love to get on that train and yeah we're gonna at least for some of our anybody who just heard that or some of our buddies especially that we've been telling about it we want to make sure that nobody because again the, i mean what the the way that the turkey community uh, acts about the Dixon Vest is just, I mean, it's, it makes your head spin how in demand they are. So we wanna, we're trying to make a, a list where people can sign up with their email or phone number so that they can be, whenever we have, you know, more official information to release about it, we want everybody to be able to, to hear about it. Because we know how much this vest is going to mean to people because we know how much pawpaw means to a lot of people out there. And Like with the Dixon, I think the coolest thing about doing something like this is, Everybody right now, if they follow along anything multi acre that we do through Gamekeepers or anything, they they probably are aware of Papa's turkey hunting journey. And uh, there's going to be a time where long after Papa's gone, that nobody really knows about that, or they just that it kind of fades into memory, and you just hear about it, Papa, and how much he cared about turkeys through story. But there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people out there now that never would have heard of Bob Dixon, that know what he looks like and, and what kind of man he was because the Dixon vest is around and because it's kind of taken on the lore that it has. And uh, I think that's one of the, the reasons that we have such a responsibility to make this vest uh, worthy of, of Papa's memory and something that he's proud of and that we're proud of because all these people that are buying it, there's going to come a time where they can, you know, they, Papa kind of represents all the good. There's a lot of dark sides to the turkey hunting world right now that we unfortunately have to see on social media constantly with people who don't care about turkeys. And, uh, 
you know, Paul Ball to a lot of people represents that kind of guiding light of, of what it means to be uh, someone who lives it better than you find it and someone who cares about turkeys. So we want this for decades to come to be something that people hang in their closet with pride and wear in the spring and, uh, you know, pass it down to their kids, whatever. And we want it to be like a living embodiment in, in the form of a piece of turkey hunting gear that, that people can uh, can always have as that memory of, uh, of what Pawpaw represents. Yeah, I mean, that, that's incredible. I, I, I have such a deep, you know, fascination, and that's why I like the books and everything that I do with the old masters and, and guys who were around for the reintroduction and beginning of turkey hunting again, you know, and your Pawpaw is the one of the ones who was there, like you said, reintroduced the turkeys. And so it it's just incredible. Hopefully we never have to experience that and we never have to be those people again. And so that, that generation is just a, a whole nother level, in my opinion, of turkey hunters. And so I, I can't wait to see how that transcends. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully by the time this podcast really, we'll have a, a landing page where some people who hear about it through word of mouth, because we already have some buddies that we, we said, you know, we showed them a picture of the, there's a limited edition Bob Dixon patch that everybody recognizes. And we, we have a patch printed now that's for, for this vest. And we showed a picture to a couple people and said, don't tell anybody. And then, you know, a week later you get text messages from people saying, Hey, tell me about the Fox vest. So uh, <laughs> we know that the cat's going to kind of be out of the bag anyway. So we won't have, like I said, we're going to have hopefully uh, a place where people can, can sign up to hear information about it uh, by the time this podcast is out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you want to spread a bunch of information, just tell some people, don't tell anyone this. And that's that's go. the immediate route to get it told. <laughs> yeah, especially in the middle of turkey season, because everybody's, yeah. you know, don't tell anybody, then they hunt with a buddy, and they're like, I, I'll show you this, but you can't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, and then they show three people, and then they show, yeah, it's just a big spider web. That's awesome. Do You you had mentioned, you know, maybe talking about some, some old mossy oak stories, or if if you have a story, I know you just went to Texas and it looked like y'all had a fantastic time out there, but you have any kind of a turkey story you think would be fun to share on the podcast? Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got plenty, probably a bunch that I should have written down that I, that I forgot. One thing that's this isn't an immediate turkey hunting story, but I think this is something that since we were just talking about the best, any, anybody who doesn't care about the best has already dropped off and anybody who cares about it probably loves some of the old history of dad and Papa and Mossy Oak, but Another thing that's kind of obscure that we've never really talked about to the general public that is really cool, but the mossy oak tree is, a, is an actual tree down at, there's a camp called Choctaw Bluff in South Alabama. That's one of the oldest hunting, hunting clubs in, Al, in Alabama, maybe the oldest, I'm not sure, but back in the day when Pawpaw was coming up, they had turkeys when a lot of other people didn't. It's a, it's a big place that is broken off into territories that people would draw for and you would hunt certain locations. And so there was this one spot that was a bunch of big old pines and it had one old post oak in the middle of all the pines that they call it the mossy oak tree. And so that was a meeting meeting point. If you hunted at this place, you would tell somebody, you know, 10 o'clock, I'll meet you at the mossy oak. Because when he was born, we didn't have turkeys in West Point. And they would drive down there and hunt. And uh, that's where dad killed his first turkey. And that's where dad grew up doing most of his hunting. Because uh, Papa remained a member there forever, even when he moved to Mississippi. Uh, but that was that was where him and dad were hunting. And, you know, dad was getting frustrated. It used to sound old, but now thinking about dad coming up with the idea for mossy oak when he was 24, 25 sounds crazy. But he would, he would hunt there and get frustrated that they had to build these elaborate blinds and wear this old army camo that stuck out like a sore thumb. And so he got frustrated enough one day that he just figured there had to be a better way to hide some turkeys. And he got a handful of dirt, sticks, and leaves and put it in a Ziploc baggie and talked to this lady at a textile mill around the Florida-Georgia line and, and matched up the colors to represent, you know, something that a real turkey hunter looks like where he hunts, where he can sit back up against a tree and disappear uh, no matter where he is. And, um Anyway, that was that was that. And aside from where Mossy Oak went from there, the Mossy Oak tree itself got struck by lightning whenever I was a kid and uh, fell down. And uh, most of the wood, by the time it crashed, uh, was starting to rot. But we were able to salvage a decent amount of the wood, so there's still a little bit of a stump sitting there. And then there's a little bit of a chunk of the stump that we uh, that we salvaged that sits on the front porch at our our camp that we call Shamula uh, in Alabama. And uh, with a little bit of the, we were able to get a, a few healthy planks of wood from it. And we, uh, Bill Zering made, who's been a buddy of ours forever, made some uh, pot calls with it. And uh, we made a few box calls and we didn't sell them or anything. We sold a few at auction to raise money, but uh, for NWTF. But other than that, they were just made for kind of friends of Mossy Oak and uh, some of the family. And uh, that's from a product standpoint, those are some of the coolest things that are made that, that nobody really knows about. Um, they, they sold for a ton of money. We sold one box call, one pot call. 
at NWTF and they both went for around $10,000. And then uh, we don't have that much wood left. So we were sitting around about five years ago trying to think of a way we could make something else really cool out of wood that doesn't require a ton of it for us to share it with people because it's so limited. We, you know, we can make some calls, but there's, there's way more people out there who think it's cool than there, than there is wood to make the calls with for everybody to have one in their turkey vest. So we, uh, we were talking to a guy named Trey Deller who runs Jefferson's distillery. They make bourbon in Kentucky and, uh, he does a lot of experimental stuff and we were talking to him. We didn't have enough. I thought the process of finishing bourbon with uh, different types of wood referred to the barrel. I'm like, well, we don't even have enough wood for a plank, let alone a, uh, a whole barrel. And he was telling us about no, you know, they actually uh, will take a barrel of eight or nine year old whiskey and they'll char little chunks of oak and then they'll kind of steep it in there like a tea bag and uh, leave it in there for a couple of years. And that's how they finish it with certain types of wood. So, if you saw it, if you've been to our camper, if you were at the last two NWTF auctions, uh, that's the only place you would have seen it. But anyway, we made a, a, a barrel of whiskey with Jefferson's, and uh, we just did one barrel and bottled it a couple of Christmases ago for some friends and family. And uh, it, we sat around at Christmas uh, with Papa uh, at our turkey camp and drank it for the first time. All nervous, it was going to taste like crap, and it tasted incredible. Uh, but anyway, we, we sold one of those uh, at the last NWTF auction, and a guy paid. Sixteen thousand seven hundred fifty bucks for one bottle of the uh, of the whiskey, uh, which is just freaking crazy. And uh, anyway, the only people who've been lucky enough to drink it because that guy doesn't even want to drink it because he pays so much for it, he just wants to leave it on the shelf. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to so drink it come, either. <laughs> come, come turkey hunt with us, which actually the better chance of, of tasting it is to just come spend the night at our camp or deer hunt with us because uh, we don't have enough. Dad's so protective of turkeys, and we don't really have enough to invite people in. And take them, and we're so protective of the turkeys that are easy to hunt for when Papa finally gets to go. That I, I would bet in the past decade, some people think we have like a a turkey farm with a big outfit that we run here, but I would say that outside of family members, we've probably had one turkey that was killed by someone else on our place in the past decade. Um, so anyway, I take that back. If you if you want to get a chance to taste the whiskey, the your best chance is to just come out to the camp on a on a night that's not in the months of March and April. <laughs> yeah, you. That's interesting you say that because, you know, I guess you assume like, oh, Mossy Oak, they probably have like the best turkey hunting place in the world, you know, <laughs> but that that would be that would probably be the most expensive bourbon I'd ever tasted at 16 grand a pop. That's that's pretty good. Well, it is freaking delicious. And uh, back to the, you know, we, we, we live 20 miles from the Alabama border in Mississippi. So our even though it's not that far away, it's just barely an hour job, but our land in, in Alabama where where our camp Shamula is in uh, Livingston, it's for whatever reason, it's a lot better turkey habitat. So we do have a lot of turkeys there relative to, uh, you know, ourselves. We don't, again, we don't, I wish we had enough that we could invite a bunch of buddies to come down and, and turkey on every spring, but we, did, we don't have, we don't have enough for that. But, uh, you know, we're, we're still blessed to have uh, enough turkeys that we're able to hunt ourselves. Uh, oh yeah. But yeah, in Mississippi and Alabama, it's kind of the front line of some of these states that uh, are fighting to make sure their turkey populations are healthy and, and not declining for too much longer. So, uh, we've seen the effects of that on, in the in the counties that we hunt around there. Um, another, this is not a story, but one quote that I always thought was cool that a lot of turkey hunters can relate to. But you know, people, you always hear people talking about competitive turkey calling and how that translates to turkey hunting. And most people tell you that you know, even if they're guys that have won it before, most people are going to tell you that uh, the calling that you do on stage is not doesn't necessarily translate to the calling that you do in the woods, and it's uh, overkill for the quality that you need to kill a turkey and for the most part the most important aspect of hunting is not uh turkey calling but it's you know it's kind of hard to define but woodsmanship is the i think what most people that have turkey hunted their whole life would tell you is the most important aspect of uh, of being a turkey hunter and uh neil me and they were talking about being kids hunting and he said he he asked my granddad one day if uh you know because when we were kids we think dad's the best turkey caller in the world but he's just yep and i think he is one of the best turkey hunters around but you know and it's and it's turkey uh, calls definitely sound like a, any of the, the best hands I've ever heard, but uh, Neil asked my granddad if dad would win a, a world turkey calling competition, and uh, Papa said, I don't know if he'd win the competition, but if there was a competition for being the best woodsman, I know he'd win that, and unfortunately for me, I think my brother inherited more of dad and Papa's woodsmanship than I did, because I can get lost walking on a piece of property I've hunted since I was in kindergarten, and Neil, Neil remembers how to get somewhere that we hadn't been since we were seven years old. So yeah, but I, I do, you know, from I'm lucky that I got to spend every morning of my life for my childhood either in the woods with my dad or my granddad. And you know, I was I was in college before I even knew that decoys were a mainstream thing to use as a turkey tactic. Not that there's anything wrong with 
growing up hunting one way or the other, you're you're limited by, especially before social media, you're limited by whoever introduced you to hunting. That's the only way you're going to know how to hunt unless you, you know, are collecting VHS tapes and stuff like that back in the day. But, you know, I was lucky that dad and Papa both, their woodsmanship is incredible. So being able to follow them around the woods my whole childhood and trying my best to, you know, when you're a kid, you don't commit as much to memory as you wish you could. I wish I could go back in that state I am now and soak up everything that I that I didn't learn from them that I should have. But uh, yeah, growing up and, and following them around the woods, especially in the days before the internet, because, you know, we only really knew one way to turkey hunt and one way to, to think about turkeys, which is it's a fragile resource, care about them as much as possible. And when opening day rolls around, that's like Christmas morning. Yes, it is. Yep. No doubt about that. Man, this has been fun. i Appreciate the effort and the execution and getting that stamp put together and out there for us turkey hunters. And hey, it doesn't just have to be for turkey hunters. There are bird watchers out there that love wild turkeys that don't hunt. And there's no reason in the world why we shouldn't be forwarding the link to the Mossy Oak turkey stamp to those people and everyone else. So yeah. I think I've knocked on some of those people's doors before asking to shoot their turkeys. And now I'll just be like, when, when they shut me down, I'll be like, hey, well, you could at least buy this stamp, you know. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. So where can, will you give out the website? That's probably the best thing to yeah. do. So you, uh, now we've had enough people get fired up about it that if you just Google Mossy Oak Turkey Stamp, it'll come up. But if you want to type in the URL directly, it's mossyoak.com slash wild dash turkey dash stamp and that'll that'll take you there too and uh you can read a letter that dad wrote uh, about the stamp and, and about how much we care about turkeys and uh, all that kind of stuff and you know you can buy one or ten depending on if you're buying them for all the turkeys that whipped your butt or, or hmm. you know if you want to buy one of them to uh know that 15 bucks is going toward some important research uh whatever you want to do we we appreciate the heck out of every single dollar and uh we don't take lightly the that turkey hunters out there trust us with their money and we're going to do our best to make everybody proud that uh that supported this project awesome daniel thank you man i appreciate your time and appreciate you sharing this information with us and hopefully all of our listeners will go out and buy one or 25 of these stamps knowing that it's all going to a good cause something we all have in common and that is the passion for the wild turkey and the desire to see that the species continue on because we all know what's happening to them nationwide. So anything we can do to prevent that from happening or at least slow it way down is much appreciated. And we appreciate Mossy Oak and you guys being one of the leaders in that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you guys helping spread the word about it and, uh, and having me on here. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe I can come back on another time and we can talk, talk more turkey. Absolutely. You're welcome on the show anytime. All you have to do is call or shoot a message over Instagram and Say the word. We'd love to have you back on. It's been fun. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, good luck. I, yeah, and last note on that, but I think I think Cameron and I could definitely fill up an episode talking about some turkey tactics out there that are that are a little frowned upon that we don't have to get in there today. But uh, if we ever want to have that conversation, I would I certainly wouldn't back down from it. Yeah, well, good deal. Uh, Andy may be on the other side of the fence from us, but I was he's still just a good about guy. to say it'd be two against one. I'm ready. Bring it. <laughs> yeah, Andy will have to bring a friend. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, all right, guys. Well, uh, I appreciate the heck out of it. And uh, happy Easter and, and good luck the rest of the turkey season. Happy man, Easter happy to Easter you. to you. He's risen and, and good luck this turkey season. Yes, indeed. Yeah, man. Stay Take safe care. out there. Thank you, Daniel. Bye. Man, that's good stuff. You know, I mentioned during the call that I bought two of the stamps. I bought them on the call while we were talking to Daniel. Nice. Hopefully some listeners followed suit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that... Favor of the day or favor of the week last yeah. week is going to roll over to this week, obviously. I was going to say, I bet nobody can guess the favor of the week this week. <laughs> yeah, so just go ahead and pause the show right now. In fact, we'll just pause for a minute and let you pull up the Mossy Oak webpage. It literally takes a minute to yeah. buy the stamp, and then you're going to get this stamp in the mail and it's a yeah. good-looking stamp, so you get to figure out what to do with it from there, whether you're going to frame it or, you know. Mine mine came in the mail as we, like, literally when I got home from that phone call. It was in the mail. And Very I've cool. seen online somebody made a, a pot call with the stamp inside the glass. Really oh, that's pretty. awesome. If that's not cool, I don't know what is. Yeah, all kinds of cool stuff you can do with it. But 
I love what came with it. First line on this little card that came with it. This stamp has been created for the single purpose of assisting with research efforts for the conservation of the wild turkey. Doesn't get any better than that. Can't beat it. We got a nice letter from Toxie, beautifully written, and a gorgeous stamp. I mean, wow, it's just, it really is pretty. I mean, that's a very collectible item. I would assume one day that's going to be really nice to have. So I'm glad to have mine. I hope to order some more. (laughs) Yeah, no joke. So, like I said, I paid it forward with a stamp. So maybe the turkey gods will smile and send me a two year old. Oh, yeah. Hard goblin, ready to Mm -hmm. rock. Mm-hmm. That's what we're after, man. I'm I'm hoping to find the same. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Very cool. Well, we had a great interview with Daniel. It's been a great intro to the show. I'm just going to say this has been a great outro to the show, which would make this show completely great from start to finish. And you know, <laughs> First one our, ever. Our one listener is going to love this one. Yeah, he's. I hope he's fired up, or she. I don't know. Yeah, but one of these days we'll look at the demographics of our one listener and see. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. He's a he, or he's a she, or she's a she, or she's a he. Hey, man, these days you can't assume things like that. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> my guy who this week was going to be the guy who's transitioning. Okay, <laughs> I like what you used more. I'll give you that. Yeah, many well, to talk about that more personally on the side. It's turkey season, and I'm transitioning. Some days I feel like a hen. Some days I feel like a gobbler. Some days I feel like a hen and a gobbler. There you go. You know, just kind of transitioning for whatever. Oh, and every once in a while I feel like a Jake. Yeah. Man, I I have literally seen so many gobblers that were gobbling as soon as they hit the ground, and then Jake's run in and whoop them. I am not Jake yelping this year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I bet when a gobbler hears a Jake yelp around here, he's he is gone to the next county. Because I, I mean, what was it Monday? I finally got one to answer me on the ground pretty good. He hit it about five times in three minutes, and I mean, it wasn't thirty seconds later. Here comes six Jakes just peeling out across the field. Guess who never heard a gobble again? Yeah, you know, they went and whooped the tar out of that poor Joker. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't broke it out this year yet. I don't know. Maybe maybe late season when, when the Jakes will split up some. Maybe I can get away with it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we shall see. We shall see. But we shall. Deal. Well, listen, it's Easter week. I hope that you and Audrey and Josie have a wonderful holy week and a beautiful Easter day with your family. Absolutely. And Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And, of course, good luck. Be safe this week in the woods. Same goes to all of you guys listening. You know, just remember the reason for the season. We wouldn't have what we have if he didn't do what he did for us. So, Absolutely. We serve a living God. He's risen. So y'all enjoy Easter. And and a lot of folks, including myself, get to see that sunrise in the turkey woods Easter morning. It's a special time. It really is. Make you think. Yeah, no doubt. Watch your episode. Let's do it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.